0: Thank you Roger, Sally, Uh, really inspiring actually, and I know when we we sat down and talked about it this week, um, started to really kind of see a focus on on what God might be saying, and I just want to share a few thoughts with you uh, this morning, so bear with, uh, as they say. Um, When we look at the story of David and Goliath, maybe some of us find it a little bit hard to imagine the scene, Okay. Maybe we kind of like you look at this giant, and you might think, really, were there giants that big? You know, were people that big in 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 the Bible? Well, trust me, I've done some research. There's lots of evidence uh, for giants around at that time uh, and before. And here we have Goliath, and and a young man David, so brave in confronting this huge beast of a warrior. Uh, On paper, he should have been crushed, literally stepped on by Goliath and destroyed. But not David. A man who, according to 1 Samuel 13, 14, was after God's heart. Now, David's pursuit was that of seeking God's heart. We know he made huge mistakes. We can read throughout Scripture that David was not Perfect. He made some huge mistakes, but his heart's cry was pursuing God, continuing to want to find God in everything in his life. And we read a lot about that in the Psalms when we see some of his writings of, of how his relationship with God was kind of very like this sometimes big roller coaster of emotions in Psalms. He was down, he was up, but he was always seeking God's heart. So what makes a teenage lad, and we reckon he was probably a young teenage lad, uh, stand before a giant with nothing more than a slingshot and a few stones? What makes a... Teenage lads, would you stand before that giant that was there with literally a slingshot and five stones and go, come on in, would you? No, I'm looking at Nathan and he's shaking his head, Uh, shaking his head. If you can put the slide up, please, Ben. What I've got is I've just got lots of words on a screen that when you hear me talk, you might pick them up and you go, oh, right, okay, that's that's, that's what Gary just said. Because whilst I can put loads and loads of stuff on a PowerPoint, actually it's quite fun for people to go, oh, yeah. If you are really bored with what I say, you can count how many different individual words there are, but um, I will be checking afterwards because I've got... No, I haven't. Don't worry. For David, it starts off with being anointed by Samuel and then being in the service of King Saul. He's come from being this young shepherd boy uh, to being recognised as having the blessing upon him at such a young age. So when David sees this Philistine, he asks his brothers, who he's come to give bread and cheese to, who is this fella? Who is he? And like all good older brothers, they pretty much tell him off and say, clear off, sunshine, you've only come here to see a battle. What's the matter with you? But then when every time Goliath came out, his brothers would scarper. They'd run away. Big brothers. Who's got a big brother or a big sister that kind of like, you know, always says, oh, go on, clear off? Yeah, I bet you have. I bet you there's some adults still got brothers and sisters that do that as well. Uh, I'd do that to my sister. No, I don't actually. Um, so, when, when, I'm just going to read 1 Samuel 17, okay? I've got it written down here. It says, David said to Saul, this is David saying to Saul, this is David talking to the king, all right? Little teenage lad. David, talking to the king. Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear uh, came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Parents. What's the craziest thing that you've let your child do? Any lions or bears recently? Have you been to Colchester Zoo and your parents have thrown you in and gone, go on, Wrestle. I'm not sure Jesse would have kind of like, you know, wanted David to do that. But here he's he's quite a young lad to go out and and, and he's tending, looking after this, this flock of sheep. And these bears and lions, they came to take off the sheep. And he'd be like, boy, your days are numbered. There was something about David, something about him. David goes on and says your servant has killed both the lion and the bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. That's brave language that is because he has defied the armies of the living God. A relationship was really strong between David and God for him to be able to say that. He was strong in who he knew that this man was an enemy of the living God. And he says, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hands of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. And what a brave thing for David to be saying to the king. Okay, He's in his service, but he's still very brave of a young man to be saying that. We know, as Sally read, that that he he tries on Saul's armour. It doesn't fit. So he goes with what he's good at. The slingshot. That's what he goes with. That's what he's good at. Now, we know he strikes Goliath in the head. And that could have been the killer blow. It could have been the killer blow. But actually, what we kind of don't read, because obviously sometimes it's upsetting to children, but I just think, let's go for it. <laughs> he goes and gets Goliath's sword and chops off Goliath's head. Now, that for me is the killer blow. It might have been he just stunned him. It might be. We don't know. No one went out there on the field and went, yeah, no pulse, chop his head off, just to make sure. But that's what happens. This young lad goes out and actually chops off Goliath's head. So how does this relate to us today? (laughs) And now I'm not suggesting we go around with slings and stones and start, you know, um, chopping people's heads off, because that would be really, really bad. And that's not what we're talking about. What are your giants? What are the things that you face in life? Maybe it's certain subjects at school that you struggle with. I know i really struggled at school with some subjects. And they were like giants to me, especially when it came to exams. Oh my goodness me. Maybe it is exams. Maybe they're the giants. Maybe it is an illness. That's your giant right now that you're having to deal with. Maybe it's a challenging work colleague. That Wayne, flipping heck. No, just joking. I know he's not watching. He might be later. I know he will. But actually, if it's a colleague that you're struggling with, what it might be. Sally talked about Life Expo. Now, it's not an evil giant that's against God, but it's a huge thing we're putting on as a church, and we need you as those stones to help out, as Sally said. Children will hear about the life of Jesus. For some children, it will be the first and only time they will hear about the life of Jesus. And there'll be hundreds of kids coming through. One thing I think we struggle with sometimes in facing these giants is confidence. We struggle with the confidence. to confidence that God is with us in all these things. Confidence that God Will equip us. Man equips with armor. God equipped with training in a sling and a stone. Now, if most of us picked up a slingshot, I have actually got one. I couldn't find it. I got it from Israel. I was searching high and low for it. Couldn't find it at all. But I've seen someone use a slingshot, and that's what I'm buying there. That. that was a, It was brilliant. He was just picked up a stone. Shoo, 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 whew, fired it over these houses and I was waiting for the crash and the smash of glass. Never came. But it was amazing to see the power this guy got out of a stone. And you could quite easily see how that would really, really knock you out or kill you. Now, if some of us, we had the opportunity to get a slingshot up here and have a go. I'm thinking a few of us would probably end up in A&E and e and we would replacing some of the windows probably tomorrow morning. But if we had trained from a child to use this weapon, like David did, we'd be a crack shot. We literally could take somebody out. They were proper weapons used by so many uh, military at the time. So many armies would have used slingshots. It's it's, it's like the arrows of the time kind of thing. They would have really taken people out. And David trained on lions and bears. (laughs) Probably trained on some stones as well, stuff like that. But actually... God equipped him to be able to take down this giant from a young age. The words that we sung uh, sung in in, um, Slingshot, strength when I am weak, the power in me. Whatever we do in life, we're not alone. God is with us. When Joshua and Caleb went with a group of spies into the promised land, they saw giants. So there are giants there, we look like grasshoppers to them. The other spies were scared, saying we can't defeat them. And Josh and Caleb just went, yes we can, let's do it. Now Josh and Caleb knew that God was on their side. But the others had lost confidence in God. Joshua had been with Moses, he'd seen God on the mountaintop. He knew the power of God that could destroy these giants but everyone seemed to have forgot about the Red Sea crossing and the miracle that God did. We can't take on these giants. Uh, you can, because this is what God can do. They'd forgotten their faithfulness to God. What have we forgotten about God's faithfulness in our lives? In 1 Samuel 17:47, 47, it has a sentence that says, it's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle... Is the Lord's. It's not our battle, it's the Lord's. And in Exodus 13:14, I received this passage of scripture when I first started here 20 years ago. It says, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see deliverance. The Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today you'll never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. But we're humans. We like to do it, God. We can do it. Thank you very much. We're all right. We can fix these things. We can do it. We go for it. We fail. We want to do the work for the Lord. But he says, no. Be still, I will fight for you. Interestingly, that we've been looking as a church at slowing down, being still before God, creating those spaces of solitude and quiet where we can just hear the Lord and what he is doing. Maybe, as you are still, God's fighting for you. Maybe. I'm not great at maths, but this adds up in my book. From the story that Sally read, it says, God helped me beat a lion. God helped me beat a bear. So when my fears are giant-sized, I trust that God is there. We need to trust God that he will fight the giants for us. We need to trust in him. There are a few things uh, that we can do, Um, and I do believe actually it is really important that you have got an exam coming up. You don't just go, yep, God's fighting for me on this one. There is a little bit of thing you can do, and that's revision and all those kind of stuff. But they're the kind of things that actually sometimes we have to say, God, you are in charge. I need to trust you. Roger mentioned a few weeks ago that we're wanting to meet on the first Tuesday of each month to pray physically here in the church. I believe strongly that being still and praying are the keys to beating these giants in our lives. Yes, there are things that we can do practically, but we start at that point I see that when we see answers to prayer, and we have seen answers to prayer in this church, actually it gives us confidence that God's working, that prayer works, that we can actually engage with God in that way and see these things happen. It's not in us, but it's our God who fights for us in the heavenly and the physical realm. Now, some of you may be aware of a little thing going on in, a, in a, a big Bible university in America, Asbury University. There's a little... People are saying it's a revival, a renewal, a refreshing. Basically, at this, this, this Bible college, they've been praying. They've just been praying. And they've just been praying. And on February the 8th, they gathered for a midweek chapel. We used to do this at Spurgeons. It was, quite, it was quite lovely in the middle of all of everything you're doing to just stop and be in this place to worship God. And one of the service leaders led an invitation for personal confession and testimonies. And this is where it started. And he says, I, I've got a few quotes here, he didn't know what the call of confession would look like. But this morning he spoke about seeing God not only as a father, but as a friend. Someone who won't abandon you. Someone who will be there when you need to cry, to mourn, to rejoice, to dance, or anything in between. And a visiting pastor said, in some ways, it's a worship-based, spirit-led, scripture-fed prayer gathering. It's just what we should be doing all the time waiting before God, worshipping him, praying to him, listening to him, responding to him, and being shepherded by wise leaders who see themselves merely as facilitators of God's activity. You can look online. It is still going on. From February the 8th, they are still worshipping. It's 24, it just keeps going. It just keeps going. There's so many people being blessed by it. Tonight, Ruth is gathering with some people, just to worship. There's nothing set. There's no speaker in that sense. We're having communion. It's literally gathering to worship and pray. Now, this was in plan a few months ago. I'm not going to say, hey, it's going to be replicated, but it's saying, come out and pray. If you are facing giants in your life right now, we want to pray for you. It can happen at the end of this service, it can happen whenever, but specifically tonight as well, come along and, and see what God might do. But when we pray personally or corporately, we need to confess and recognise it's only God that can beat these giants in our lives. David knew that. David knew it was only God's power. It wasn't him. He says it. It's, it's The Lord, it's, you're with me. You are defying the armies of God. because do this. It's only God who can help equip us. And as we see his glory more, as we see changing our lives and other people's lives, that confidence we can have like David and Joshua to take out giants. We're just too timid sometimes. We just need to go for it, knowing that God is for us. We just need to be still. There's a few of us that are just sensing God is doing something. God is doing something in us, doing something in us as a church. We just want to see what that is. Let me pray for us now. Father, what is it? Father, we need to come on bended knee in confession, repentance, and say, Father God, Fight for us. So many of us are having to deal with some stuff in our lives that just are giants. Lord, through your spirit, equip us. Give us that that sense of knowing your Holy Spirit brings that confidence in us to fall on our knees and pray to the God who made the universe and can wipe out any giant in front of us. Father, help us to have that stronger faith in life. And I pray for each one of us here this morning, whatever we are facing, Lord, help us to be still. Help us not to strive and be anxious for it, but to say, Father, this is yours. Give me strength to go through this. Give me the power in your name to deal with this. I pray that's for all of us in Jesus' name. Amen.